everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today we're going to tackle an interesting subject, a challenging subject, and the most important subject of all, salvation. What does it actually mean to get saved? If you were to ask a bunch of different Christians that question, you would probably get a bunch of different answers. Something from raise your hand to walk the aisle, to pray this prayer, to ask Jesus into your heart, make Jesus the Lord of your life, be filled with the Holy Spirit. There are so many different answers that you might get to how is one saved. And I feel like that's kind of a problem. I mean, salvation is kind of the core of our Christian beliefs, and if we can't even agree on what it means to be saved, there's there's an issue there. Now, when I was growing up, when I was little, we were in a church of Christ, and in church of Christ, baptism is a huge part of salvation. And so when I wanted to get baptized, that was basically when I wanted to get saved, I was required to talk to the pastor because I was like seven years old and he wanted to make sure I really understood what I was doing. And so when I was seven, I was baptized and I didn't want to get baptized in front of the whole church. Literally every Sunday they had an altar call that was involved in baptism. So if you wanted to come get baptized at the end of the church service, that was basically how you got saved. And so I didn't want to get baptized in front of everybody. And so I wanted to do it on a Wednesday night before our junior choir so that nobody would see me. It could be this little secret thing, which honestly, now that I understand baptism a little better, like it's supposed to be a public display of me trusting Jesus as my savior. But anyway, so seven-year-old me decided to get baptized right before junior choir. And I did. My dad baptized me, but apparently it took me longer to get into my little white robe than I thought it did because when I came out of the water, like the entire junior choir was there watching me. And I remember them just cheering and clapping, and they were so excited. And even though my understanding of salvation was a little bit clouded at that point, like I know I trusted that Jesus died for my sins. And there was a massive change in my life. There was evidence that the Holy Spirit had just moved in and was taking over. I went from my Church of Christ to my cultic Baptist church, which I think was technically a fundamental independent Baptist or something like that where I just really didn't hear about salvation. Like we never talked about salvation. It was almost like they already assumed we were saved or it was just something parents were supposed to teach their kids at home. But I have a friend who went to that church her entire life and didn't end up trusting in Jesus until she was older and out of the church and at a camp somewhere. We just assumed that we were believers because we were following the rules. At least that's how it was to me as a teenager. And so I went from there to a... Baptist church in my hometown, which was very much pray this prayer and get saved. And from there to a non-denominational Christian church when I was in college. And it was there that I really just started understanding salvation a little more. And no one had ever talked to me about lordship salvation, the idea that you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life in order to be saved. But coming out of my conservative, legalistic, religious background, it just kind of made sense to me. Like if you were really trusting in Jesus as your savior, then he would make him the Lord of your life. He would become the one that you followed, the one you submitted to. And so I was kind of preaching it that way. And I was working with young people, with little kids. We were doing, uh, I think, fifth and sixth grade that I was teaching in college as I was in this church. 
and I was doing lessons and I think I taught like once a month, but the pastor came up to me after one of my lessons and he said, Christy, um, I just need to talk to you about your salvation message. And I was like, okay. And he just explained Lordship salvation to me. And I didn't know what he was talking about, but I was like, all right. And then he said, in this church, we don't really give an invitation. We don't want people to trust in that one time moment when they raise their hand or when they pray to prayer. We just always talk about the gospel. We always talk about what Jesus did for us. And we always talk about how all we need to do is just trust in that. And then we just let people have their moments. We trust that God's going to bring him to them in his time. Wow, that was an eye-opening experience to me. I had no idea. I was like, okay, I, I can do that. And so it was my first experience with somebody really just trying to share a clear gospel with me. And then after I got married and I went to Bible college, I was able to take a personal evangelism class by Dr. Richard Seymour. And that was the most amazing class I've ever been to. That man loves the gospel. He loves the gospel. And he has written some beautiful books on the simplicity of the gospel. And I remember sitting there in class and just crying because I was like, I believe this. I have always believed this. I just didn't have words for it. I didn't understand how to just express this in my, you know, in words. And there was one day after class that my friend, Christine, I saw her over in the park and she was sitting with her husband and she was crying. And I was like, what's going on? And I went and talked to her afterwards. Like, are you okay? And she was like, Christy, I just got saved, like for real. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, I grew up in church and I prayed a prayer when I was little, but I've never just trusted in Jesus before. Like, I've never done that. And she's like, I always wonder what was wrong with me. How come I couldn't get this together? How come I didn't have the same spiritual walk that other people did? And she's like, now I know. I just didn't have the Holy Spirit inside of me because I didn't understand. And those years were just pivotal to me to understand the simplicity and beauty of the gospel. And they led me to be able to have this amazing conversation with a woman that I'm going to call Mel at a women's retreat a few years ago. And I remember we were sitting there together. A bunch of people had gone off to do different activities and we were just kind of hanging out. And she put her head down and she just slowly started whispering to me. And she admitted that even though she had walked the aisle and tried to give God her life multiple times, like it had never worked. And she said, I just feel disconnected. It's like there's this blockage between us. And when she looked up at me, I could see the tears in her eyes. She said, I just, I just can't figure out what it is. And I was super excited, but trying not to be excited because I knew I got to share the gospel, the gospel that I believe with all of my heart. And so I said to her, can I share some stuff with you? And she said, sure. And so we opened up our Bible to John chapter three. And if you guys are probably really familiar with John 3.16, right? But what you don't maybe know is that there's more verses, and I love it so much. John 3.16 through 18 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. And whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. And I said to her, what if you've always struggled to feel close to God because you never understood salvation for real? What if you were trying to do something 
instead of believing in and accepting what Jesus has already done for you. Because guys, we do this. We turn salvation into religion by turning it into something that we have to do. If you think about those words that I gave you in the beginning of this podcast, where I said, accept Christ as your savior. You have to raise your hand. You have to make him the Lord of your life. All this kind of stuff, it's behavior words. They're action words that you're trying to do something. And I think so often we confuse salvation with something that we have to do with something that Jesus has already done. When he said it is finished on the cross, he meant it. And according to John 3, 18, there is nothing that stands between any of us and the gift of salvation except for our belief. When I choose to believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, I get salvation. And it's not this easy believism that people always complain about. Oh, they just easily believe and then they just go on their merry way. Like, you know what? No, guys. Jesus did it. Jesus did it all. Jesus is God and he did it. He did the sacrifice. He appeased himself and he offers his salvation freely to the world. And the only thing standing between you and a relationship with the God of the universe is you choosing to accept that. He's done it. Will you accept it? And that's salvation. It's not about religion. It's not about something that we do in order to make God happy with us. We can't do anything to make us ha- him happy with us. He's already happy with us. He loves us and he wants us to be in a relationship with him. And He has done everything that needs to happen to make that possible. And it's up to us to choose to accept that. And we accept that and we say, yes, yes, I want your salvation. I accept it. You died on the cross in my place. I'll accept that then we get salvation and we get his righteousness and we get his Holy Spirit and life is different. And Mel looked up at me as I finished reading that verse and she said, can it really be that easy? And she looked back down at the verses again and I said, yeah, I think it is. And I don't know for sure when she got saved, but guys, I watched the weight fall off. I watched her sit up. I watched, I watched. And I found out just a little while later that she considers that to be her moment of salvation. She said, that was when everything changed. That was when I met Jesus. And that's when my relationship with God started. And yeah, I'm tearing up as I talk about this. This is something that is so near and dear to my heart. And there is nobody that's out without, outside of that. Anybody can be saved because Jesus paid for the sins of the world. And so if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, I don't know what I think about that. I don't know if God could ever love me. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's a lie from the enemy. God loves you. Are you part of the world? Then yeah, he loves you and he died for your sins. And all you have to do is trust him. Trust that he did that and choose to believe it and choose to accept it. And he will give you new life and he will give you his spirit. He will give you the power to be the person that he wants you to be, to be the person that you were created to be. Because it's not just about behaviors. It's not about good and evil. I believe that salvation starts with us being made in the image of God. We were created to know God and God wants to know us. And sin separated us from that relationship. And so we're not the way we were made to be right now. There's gold in our hearts. It's amazing, but it's mangled and it's corrupted by sin, by brokenness. And sin isn't just our wrong things that we do. Sin is that deep self-centeredness that colors everything. Sin isn't just something you can get rid of by doing the right thing because sin is all about those motives and those heart issues. Sin is about those hidden attitudes and things like that. It's that deep self-centeredness that covers everything. 
And so there's nothing we can do by ourselves to get rid of it because it's in us. It's who we are now. We are corrupted. We are mangled. Yet there is this gold inside of us. And there is a person that we were created to be. This beautiful being, this magnificent being that was created in the image of God. But God wants to restore that. That's the point of salvation. It's not about doing the right thing. It's not about being good. It's not about having this good life that we live now. It's about knowing God. And so God did everything necessary to bring us back into that relationship with him. And he wants to recreate that beautiful creature made in his image inside of our hearts. That's called sanctification. And once we've trusted Jesus as our Savior and we allow the Holy Spirit to just start working on our hearts, he changes us. He changes us. And because our hearts are changing, our behaviors change. But it has nothing to do with trying to do the right thing. It's about getting to know a person, a living presence, a living being who is with us and who loves us. And as we get to know him and as we love him more, we will be different. But it won't be because we're following a checklist or doing the right thing. We're because we are knowing Jesus. and We're being made more and more like him into the person we were created to be. I'm excited about this. Maybe you caught that a little bit today. I'm excited about this. I love this. I love sharing the gospel. I love talking about Jesus. I want you to know how much you are loved by the God of the universe, by this crazy, big, huge, insane being that we can never understand because he is nothing like us, but he wants us. He created us and he pursues us because he knows that in him, we will find life and joy and everything we possibly need. Thanks for listening, guys. I really hope you were encouraged. I'd love to hear your comments. And until next time, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.